A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The boyhood dream has come true. And who be we? I be fake Geordie. Ray, sometimes I just bottle it. Radio presenter without portfolio, former cultaholic heavyweight champion, advocate to Pablo Tom Campbell. I am with the mulligan to my O'Hare, the rambunctious Jackie Orlando from cultaholic.com. That's up. You are getting over like Rover as Jackie Orlando. I well, what can I say? The 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 Orlando life is Sunny. rarefied air. It's... How do what do other people make of the fact that you're now being referred to online so much as Jackie Orlando? See, I can't remember if it was Sean or if it was one of my mates who was just like, "Where's Jackie Orlando come from?" And I had to explain, and they were like, "Orlando." Oh. They were like, "That's boss." And I was like, "Yeah, it's great." <laughs> and that's now your that's now your name. Have yeah. you trademarked it? No, I should. Doing. Yeah, just get it in there before somebody else. Well, it's, it's yeah. Does it? So, some some know me as Jackie Orlando. Some only refer to me as Ken because of sad <laughs> Ken on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, Do you have an identity crisis? Yeah, <laughs> every day. Well, I mean, my, my my real name, which is not being disclosed on this podcast, oh, is different from the real name that I go by. So oh. I, I I have a government name and a, and a name. Oh, do I know your government name? Probably. Oh. I think it's been mentioned. Wow. Yeah. That's exciting. Yeah. Nobody knows that my actual name is Tom Anderson. Yeah. And Tom Campbell isn't my government name. Oh. It's a fun fact. Yeah. Campbell was just something that flowed quite well. Yeah. And that's something that just kind of stuck years ago in my, in my radio career. So I just used Tom Campbell as just like my name because it's three syllables. It flows quite well. Tom Anderson is my... Actually, Tom... Tom... Jonathan Anderson. Yeah. Is to give the full name. TG TG TJ Fuck off. <laughs> TJA. Yeah. Tom Jonathan Anderson. Whereas Jack is my middle name. Ah. But I've always been referred to as Jack since the day I was born. But there was just some weird naming shenanigans. So Ah, oh, so Jack so, so but Jack is taking on the first name part. Yeah. Oh, the more you know. Yeah. I feel really bad because I got you to admit to something very real by just spouting a load of bullshit that my name no, is Tom no. Anderson. Yeah. It's not Tom Anderson. I still haven't revealed what my actual name oh, is. Oh, he's still got us. So he's still got us. It's sad, Ken. 
<laughs> Ken Saddington. <laughs> Please let it be Ken Saddington. The Saddington from Paddington. Oh, st- we've got to stop giving people gimmicks. Yeah. We had the uh, the Liberace of violence. And someone on Twitter suggested uh, that should go to Effie. So mm. that's a good shout, actually. Yeah. Effie's a good shout for that one. Uh, any news since we last spoke? Spoiler, we're recording this two days after we recorded the last one. Hey. So I don't know whether there's been any gossip in your world since, <laughs> since we spoke two days ago. I didn't win the Euro Millions last night. Didn't win Euro Millions. That's, That's about it. Yeah. That sucks. Because were you in... No, you'd, you'd gone when we were talking about it yesterday. I think I had Because Ross was like, oh, it's 184 million. And then the usual, you know, conversation, what would you do what with the money? What would you do with the money? And Ross went, oh, I'd still work and I'd buy a five-bed house in Morpeth. And I went mad at him. I was like, it's 184 million. I said, if I win that, I guarantee that by the end of the year, I'll have eaten human flesh. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, but, but would you still have worked, though? <laughs> no. no. I, I'd retire and then just, um, I'd go feral. I know it. I, I'd... <laughs> I'd, I'd, they, they call him Mad Jack. I'd, he lived in that <laughs> estate up there. He comes out. He comes out once at night to put the bins out, and he's just like foaming at the mouth. I'd, I'd sort out everyone I'd, I know and love, and just be like, "Leave me alone now," and I'd disappear. <laughs> and then they'd be like, "Oh, we think we saw him in Helsinki. It's like it's strangling a horse." And then I'd be like, "Nah, I was on Mount Fuji. Fuck you." And then by the time they get to Mount Fuji. I'm in a submarine. Yeah. Oh. You are in a boat in the middle of the Pacific. You're no better. You're in a boat in like a, a yellow mac on a lake. Yeah. <laughs> in Norway. Yeah. And they, some people say we think that's him over there. But like, and you and you walk into the same bar every night, and you just go milk, and they pour you a little pint of milk. And, and I, pay, s- I only pay in bars of Nazi gold. I'm just like. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, I'd go insane if I won that amount of money. <laughs> Ross, was, yeah, Ross was like, oh, I was like, you could do whatever you want. You can make a football podcast. And he's like, oh, I did one of those. It didn't take off. I said, it wouldn't matter, Ross. You'd be worth 184 million yeah, pounds. would not do matter. Anything. I like the idea of that. I think, yeah, getting everybody that I know and love settled and happy, you know, buying somewhere nice at Alex, Pablo and I. Mm. And, and, and I love the idea. When we get a house, I love the idea of... Uh, and when we become homeowners, I love the idea of having a shed, yeah, which I can build a radio studio in. That's always the dream, you know. My brothers, you know, wanted family to raise kids and stuff. I want a shed, I can put a radio studio in. And Alex is like, that's cool because I can use it too. Yeah, like, yeah that's fine. Yeah, Alex wants a walk-in wardrobe as well, and I want a radio studio. So that'd kind of be all we'd need. And do you know what? I'd probably be a bit like Ross. I'd probably carry on working too. <laughs> you because I would as well. I yeah. would. I'd go mad. <laughs> I'd still have to pick up radio shifts. I'd still have to do stuff like that. I'd probably find a nice little community radio station somewhere, um, which which is kind of down on its luck. And I go, I'll come in and do the breakfast show, and I'll do it for one pound a day, just so you just so you can say you've paid me. I'll do it for one pound a day. See. I thought you'd try and bring back pirate radio. I thought you'd just buy a big ship and be like, do you know what? Even if it's not in international waters, just if it's Ooh. off, just in the, the channel or something like that. I guess that's a nice idea. Um, it's That's a lot more work. I like the idea because I genuinely believe, you know, not to get too radio anoraki because that's not why you're here. Um, <laughs> I do genuinely believe that when it comes to sort of this, this, the face and shape of radio, I still think that good content will always win the day. Yeah. I think I think good, solid presenters and a good, solid station will always win the day, regardless of the size of the station and whatever. So I would want to invest in like a small community station 
like you know put some money behind it ask to be paid one pound per show lead the breakfast show and just and just march it into into greatness that would be that would be a dream for me just to, just to see it wiping out like the the heavy hitters like heart and capital and radio one in a market so revenge basically yeah a bit of revenge <laughs> whereas Addy giraffe meat <laughs> <laughs> we do we do a we do it and then one day the news would report about a weird man seen on the moors eating giraffe meat yeah <laughs> oh it's Jackin, fellow millionaire Jackins. <laughs> Good to see that he's all right. <laughs> he's wearing a Rembrandt as a hat. <laughs> I love that. I love it. This is a, do you know what? Whereas kind of mine feels like a, a sort of a, a triumphant sort of feel good movie. Yours feels like a manga comic. <laughs> it would be, it'd be fucking horrible. It would be horrible. <laughs> <laughs> Any manga artists or anime artists that want to uh, create uh, the Jackie Orlando millionaire comic story, I think it'd be amazing. Oh, just, I can just <laughs> picture those like those beautiful, those beautiful shots of like the the of the of the of long ranging fields and meadows and this figure in the in the distance that gets closer and closer, and then it's just you. <laughs> That's it. You turn to the camera and you're like chomping on a bear's head. <laughs> Oh, what a dream. I don't think communicate like Donald Sutherland at the end of Invasion of the Body Snatchers. <laughs> I'd love that. Yeah. That'd be a wonderful time. Anyway, I'll tell you what else was a lovely, lovely wonderful time. <laughs> what a pro. What a pro. 1996. What a pro, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much. If you're if you're on a community station and I win the lottery, we're taking it to the top. Uh, February 26th, 1996 is the week that we are in this week for classic Raw review shenanigans. So in a minute, Jackins is going to tell us the changing shape of the wrestling world. And this is a massive week yeah. in the WWF. Oh, God. It, it's a, it's a, it is... Not hyperbolic to describe what happens this week as seismic. Yeah, mm. th th this is the the first domino in possibly the biggest shift in wrestling history. Yeah, <laughs> so it all starts here. Um, I'm, we're going to get to that in a second. I'll give you a little overlook on the the world this week before we do that. Number one movie in the UK is still Jumanji. Yep. In the US, the number one movie is Rumble in the Bronx. Oh, what a fucking film! Have you seen it? Yeah. Talk I watched, it, I watched it. it as a kid. Sorry, Jackie Chan, isn't it? Set in the set in the Bronx of New York City, although filmed in Vancouver. Yeah. Uh, it's about a young man visiting to help his uncle and ends up in a street gang, fighting a street gang and the mob with mad martial arts skills. It's, it's hilarious results. It's usual Jackie Chan fair. I think this and was it First Strike came out not too long after each other. So First Strike was more of a kind of serious Jackie Chan film. This is the kind of one where Jackie Chan turns up and he's just lovely Jackie Chan. He's like, oh, I'm, I don't want to get involved. And he gets pushed too far and he ends up like, I think it's this one where the mob target him and the way that they batter him is they have baseball bats wrapped with like towels mm. and they're just baseball batting uh, glass bottles at him in an alleyway. And because it's like a padded bat, it doesn't break the bottle until oh. it hits him. And he just goes fucking mental and just starts... I think he's battering people in a grocery store and there's he's jumping through ladders and it's just Jackie Chan fair and I think someone gets ran over with a hovercraft. <laughs> <laughs> and then in the, end, in the end credits, again, I think it's Rumble in the Bronx where it shows that the trainers that he's wearing in one scene, one of them is actually uh, 
his foot in a cast because he broke his foot jumping off a roof or something daft. And they just painted his cast to look like a shoe. So wow. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, yeah. That's commitment to the art, that is. Fuck, I'm going to watch Rumble in the Bronx. <laughs> yeah. Number one in the US charts this week is still Mariah Carey, One Sweet Day. See, in the video for Mariah Carey, One Sweet Day, it looks like she's wearing trainers. But what <laughs> happened was... Uh, <laughs> but it turns out it's one of boys to men <laughs> strapped to her foot. Uh, number one in the UK charts, Babylon Zoo, see you later. Number one, Oasis, don't look back in anger. Oh, shit. Mmm. 1996. So, uh, Noel Gallagher said to Uncut Magazine, we were in Paris playing with the Verve. I had the chords and for that song and started just writing it. We were due to play two days later. Our first ever big arena gig called Sheffield Arena now. Uh, that sat at, the, at the sound check, I was strumming away on the acoustic and our kid Liam said, what's that you're, si you're singing? I wasn't singing anyway, I was just making it up. And our kid says, are you singing? So Sally can, are you singing so Sally can wait? And I was like, that's genius. So I started singing so Sally can wait. I remember going back to the dressing room and writing it out. It all came, it all came really quickly after that. Gallagher claims that the character Lila from Oasis's single is Sally's sister. Mm. Little fact about that. The Beatles, and especially John Lennon, were a big influence on Oasis. You don't say. I know, right? <laughs> oh, imagine that. That influence is perhaps most apparent in this song, as the piano intro to Don't Look Back in, the, in Anger is John Lennon's Imagine. Ah. And the line, so I start a revolution from my bed, is a reference to John Lennon and his bed protest with Yoko Ono. Uh, Noel told Daniel Rachel of The Art of Noise that he borrowed the line, the brains I had went to my head from Lennon's tape-recorded notes for a memoir that he was planning to write before he died. Mm. Uh, Noel Gallagher wrote the line, stand up beside the fireplace, take that look from off your face. Because when he was a kid, his mother used to make him stand next to the fireplace to have photos taken, and he always looked grumpy. So she told him to take that look from off his face. Oh, very nice. Some lovely facts about arguably one of Oasis's biggest song. That I mean, because you've that got and Wonderwall, isn't yeah, it? that and Wonderwall. They kind of, I think, Noel and Liam decided between each other who was going to sing which. One yeah. sang Wonderwall, one sang Don't Look Back in Anger, and I think yeah, Don't Look Back in Anger is uh, it was one of their greatest pieces of work. I think. Amazing song that still to this day yeah. resonates. When um, I remember when the the attack happened on the concert in Manchester. Oh God, yeah, yeah. And everybody came together for a like a minute silence and to to pay best wishes. And then just it was an amazing moment where all these people were gathered in 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 mourning of what had happened. This atrocity that happened just a few days before, and just cutting through the silence. Somebody started singing Oasis, Don't Look Back in Anger. And then somebody else did, and then somebody else did, and then somebody else did. And by the end of it, everybody was singing it. It's a song that just brings people together. Yeah. And it's it's the song that the darkest of times pushes people forward. It's amazing. It's an amazing piece of work. I'm not even an Oasis fan. <laughs> I was going to say, I prayer Blur. Blur me. Yeah. <laughs> um, Pulp me. <laughs> I always... So that must... Yeah, I always uh, was at the urban legend that it was originally meant to be Don't Look Back, You Wanker. Oh, I hadn't heard that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just about someone saying, go on, walk off, and don't look back, you wanker. <laughs> <laughs> there was, um, what was it that came out? There was there was something that came out about 10 years before it, which, which, which some people thought it was connected to, uh, but it turns out it wasn't. That was it. It was in... Oh no, it wasn't ten years before, it was many years before. It was it was released around the anniversary 
of the play by John Osborne, Look Back in Anger. Yeah. But I think that was just a coincidence. <laughs> a lot of people went, is it connected to that? It's like, no, it just, just, just happened to fall that way. Just serendipity, mm. mainly. Uh, yeah, so massive song by Oasis, which I think everybody just knows. I'll be surprised if I ever meet anybody that doesn't know Don't Look Back in Anger. On this side of the Atlantic, definitely. I think even in America. I, I know Oasis did push through, but I don't know if it's got that same... Mm. I'm keen to know if anybody who listens to the show in America... First of all, I hope you had a lovely 4th of July the other week. Um, if you know, if I, we were talk, the song we're talking about, does it resonate with you? Obviously, Mariah Carey, One Sweet Day will. Um, but whether Oasis don't look back in anger does. Mm. Intrigued to know. Uh, one bit of video game news this week. Oh, hit me. Massive bit of video game news this week. As we get our first, the first ever encounter with Pikachu. As this is the week that Pokemon Red and Blue get released for the Game Boy. And from there, video game history is set. Pocket Monster, as it was known, shortened to Pokemon for fun reasons. You know the question I'm going to ask. Go on. Who did you pick? Um, I had Bulbasaur. As a kid, I picked Squirtle, and I played it a few years ago and actually knew how to play, and I picked Bulbasaur. Ah, because I think Bulbasaur is the... Because he's a leaf, isn't he? So he's mm. got like... He's got a, Bit of a weird combo of both Charmander and Squirtle in there. Yeah, yeah. I always think I always pick Bulbasaur. Did you ever name them? <laughs> um, I, I I tried to play through a couple of years ago and thought I'd name them after great dictators and military leaders. <laughs> of course you did. But after about fifty, he and I ran out. Um, <laughs> I think I think my, my original playthrough I named uh, Squirtle, but I can't remember what. But when I was a kid and played it, I just picked the ones I liked. Mm. Whereas, like I said, when I played it a few years ago, I was like, right, so I need I need a leaf type, I need a water type, I need a fire type, a rock type. So I knew what I was doing. So when I went to like the electric gym, I was just like, well, fucking Gyarados, just go on, just <laughs> batter them all. Because, you know, electricity and water don't mix. Whereas as a kid, I was like, oh, Pikachu, why can't you fight this over Pikachu? <laughs> yeah. Great games, really, they, they hold up well. They do, and and they're you know they're pieces of history. Like even to this day, like Pokemon, Pokemon has this thing where every so often it just bursts back into yeah. the the zeitgeist. You know, I remember a few years ago with Pokemon Go, and that that whole craze. Were you pally to that? No, I wasn't. No, because oh, I, I get addicted to like mobile games, so I stay away from them. Right. So as soon as that came out, I was like, oh, I was like, I know for a fact I'll get hooked. I was like, I'll uh, I'll leave that. Well, so many people did not follow your advice. No. Because I remember, I remember playing it and showing Alex. And Alex was like, what's the point in this? You're not really, you know, you don't win anything, you know, tangible. No, but it's just like, it's a Pokemon hunting game, but in the real world. Yeah. And uh, she's like, oh, I don't get it. And then the one day we were walking through town. And I remember that we'd stopped at this uh, particular corner where there was, um, there's like a statue and a bit like a break, like a, like, like benches and stuff. It's like a seating area. It's a bit more of a communal area in town. And I said, I said, look around, and everybody was was walking along on their phones with great purpose, which is the the you know which meant everybody was playing it. And if you could see on a few people, or you can see the glitch that, that everybody was playing it. And I said, this is how big this is. And she was like, why is it? And sometimes like Alex, and I love Alex for this is because she'll go. Like, I don't get it. Why is everyone doing it? Like, she'll get fr she'll get she'll get annoyed with like something that I'll say that become quite popular. She go, "Why are people encouraging you?" It's just and she just and I think she was working at a radio station at the time. She ended up doing a report on it, which was quite fun. Um, but yeah, it was massive then. 
Yeah. When was uh, that about 2016? 2016, I think yeah. it was, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so Pokemon begins on this very day. Wow. Congratulations to Pikachu for all that you've achieved in the world. <laughs> uh, Wrestling-wise, uh, it's not just Pokemon that are being... Than that are being thrown out of the bushes. So here's a little peek behind the curtain. You Pikachu. Here's a little Pikachu behind, behind the, curtain. the curtain. The Mewtwo curtain. <laughs> uh, usually for a podcast, I'll have about four pages worth of notes, which is everything I've gleaned from the Observer plus the actual show itself. This week, I think it is four pages of notes just from the Observer <laughs> and then Raw afterwards. So... There's a lot here. Extensive Observer notes. So the Wrestling Observer newsletter dated March 4th, 1996. While nothing is official, Scott Hall is expected to join WCW after his contract and legal commitments and or sitting out period ends with the WWF in late May. In a situation spoken of with some disdain by WWF CEO Vince McMahon, Hall sent a telegram to McMahon on February 21st, officially giving his 90-day notice that he was leaving the company. On the same day, Hall was suspended by the WWF for six weeks for reasons theoretically having nothing to do with him given notice, causing him to miss his scheduled appearances this past weekend. The suspension would take him a few days past WrestleMania, which Hall was no doubt counting on as his last big payday before leaving. Mm. Uh, while Hall would be eligible to return on April 3rd and work out the remainder of his notice, the general belief is that he will be sitting out from now until he can join WCW. So, I remember hearing that the the reason for his suspension was a bit spurious. Yeah. And it was just so, right, okay, if you're going to the competition, you ain't in WrestleMania. Yeah, because I, they've tried to kind of retcon it and say, oh, it was a, it was a drug, it was a drugs thing. Mm. But it, it doesn't seem so at this point. Uh, interesting in this next bit, he says, WWF will no doubt attempt to claim the Razor Ramon name and character as their intellectual property, which would mean WCW could not use him as Razor Ramon, nor probably even as a Latin character, which we'll, we'll see will play mm. out. Uh, I hope Scott Hall can do more than that. Oh, God. He is a bad guy after all. Mm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Ramon slash Hall is believed to have earned approximately two hundred seventy grand in 1995 which is down from 1994, which is believed to have been in excess of 400 grand. Uh, it's saying it's he's been unhappy with the WWF. He's not like the feud of Goldust because he wanted to work with Hunter Hearst Helmsley. He didn't like the baby bottle stuff with 123Kid. He's missed some house show dates because of family pressures. So Melt is speculating here. He's like, look, WCW will pay him more. They'll give him an easier schedule. And they'll probably be like, look, we've taken one of their top guys. Let's let's give him whatever booking he wants. So mm. you can understand why he did it. The saying here that obviously the plan was to do, as we'd seen on last week's show, mm. it was meant to be Razor Ramon versus Goldust heading into WrestleMania. And we'll see on this episode that they'll quickly change course, effectively change course as well. Yeah, and they, they, handle they it well. do it in a way where it doesn't feel like too big of a gear change no which but, uh, quite like but we we I, I looked on cage match he will come back to wwf but we will only see him one more time on this podcast which is not even on an episode of raw so oh. so i think he's got like two televised appearances left and house shows including one in what's in square garden to do with ken's oh yeah yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. mm. <laughs> 
Diesel, the other half of the twosome wildly rumoured all week to be WCW bound, also missed some weekend shows with a degree of controversy somewhat attached. He went into it hurt, so they're saying he has got a combination separated and fractured shoulder. He got that, it's believed to have been in the cage match with Bret Hart in your house, hence why that match was a bit poo. Right. So he... So he's saying he he dropped out of some matches because he's saying my shoulder's busted, but we'll see him on Raw tonight, and he was swinging the axe last week and destroying the Undertaker's <laughs> home. Um, so the, 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 the stuff going around is saying that Diesel's just not been pleased since they took the belt off him. Even though they've kept him as one of the biggest stars, they've had him mingling with Sean, he's been in a high angle with The Undertaker, He's I, actually his best stuff since losing the belt. Yeah. Since the, literally the moment the three count went down after losing the belt, he became such a cooler version of Big Daddy Cool. Exactly, yeah. But they're saying that, that um, he, he's just not been happy with it. And it's like, mm, mm, I love you, Kevin Nash, but th- this is definitely his ego talking here. He's mm. like, can't believe you took the belt off me and put it on Bret Hart and all I've got to do is feud with The Undertaker going into WrestleMania. It's like, what it's do like, you want? Yeah. I want to feud with Mabel again. Yeah. So... <laughs> At press time, the future of Diesel was speculative. The dressing room gossip was leaning towards the idea that he was also WCW bound. As we know, both him and Hall have been WCW before. Rumors have been that they are offering, depending on whom you choose to believe, anywhere from 450 to 750 grand per year for a three-year guaranteed deal for Nash to make the jump, to go in as a heel and work a program against Hulk Hogan. Unlike the Scott Hall deal, this isn't considered a lock and simply the odds are better than 50% that he'll make the jump. So the, the backstage scar is like, oh, I could see Kev leaving, but um, yeah, so he's he's not happy. Hall's not happy. It's 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 all falling apart, isn't it? It's like a cake in a bath. <laughs> so very much a cake in a bath. Two of the two of the big names on on a on a very janky roster <laughs> yeah but yeah you know, and i mean that with love um the scott hall thing the razor ramon thing i think is the most frustrating of all because you go oh a crybaby match against the one two three kid a feud with gold dust uh, a five-time intercontinental just make him a world title contender yeah. it's not difficult i'm just flabbergasted as why vince mcmahon looks at razor ramon and goes oh it's, it's only a mid-card He's a good hand in the mid-card. Good hand in the mid-card. Like, I don't get how you look at Razor Ramon and not think, let's just try him at the top. Like, for God's sake, you tried to Tonka. But with the, the greatest disrespect, no disrespect to Tonka. Mabel was king of the ring. Yeah. <laughs> he tried, like, and Razor's tall, good-looking, like, has a has a character that you own. Charismatic it, as bollocks. Charismatic as bollocks is over. You had Luger, who was three out of five of those things and you went get him to the moon daddy and it's just like i'm that i'm baffled with the kevin nash thing um i kind of like it's a weird one with kev now saying oh i'm fed up because as i said to you he's doing the best stuff yeah as this sort of tweener i guess i guess the idea of a tweener wasn't really one that was as floated in the mid 90s so obviously to you know in eyes firmly set in 2022 looking back it's like yeah this is a cool character this is a pretty groundbreaking character but to, to kev i guess it feels like well one week i'm baby facing it with Shawn michaels the next week i'm destroying undertaker's coffin and yeah beating mabel in 10 seconds i was just like what am i doing i can i can kind of see 
if at that point why Diesel might have thought there's nothing going on here. Well, when you I put mean, it like that, yeah, possibly because we can't, you know, we, you know, he won't appreciate at the time just how revolutionary a character like that is, how oh attitude era facing a character that is. Because at this point, there's no such thing as an attitude era. <laughs> and you know, if if he goes to WCW, if I, I could imagine he might have a, a tweenerish role there and become maybe one of the biggest stars that the mm-hmm. industry's ever seen. Maybe. <laughs> so. With the stuff with Diesel, obviously they've shit-canned uh, Razor Ramon at Mania. He's off the card. But the saying here, because obviously, like you said, McMahon and WWF, they value clearly Diesel more than they do Ramon. Mm. So they're kind of umming and ahhing like, shit, will, will he be at Mania? But the, the belief is he'll still appear against The Undertaker. It's believed it will go on on the assumption that the match will take place. Uh, It's saying here, though, Diesel's window to give notice or his contract automatically renewing for one year was to end at the end of this week in question. While he could give notice and leave in 90 days at any point in the year, according to the wrestlers under a WWF contract, if he were to give his notice late or what's considered as late, he'd be given likely a conditional as opposed to unconditional contract release, meaning he'd be allowed to work anywhere except for WCW until the end of the rolled over contract which, should he not give notice, would be late spring 97. There's not much other anywhere to work. Yeah. Japan. Yeah. You know, easy, you wouldn't go ECW. No. Couldn't see him, like, Smoky Mountains a step down. Nash and like, 90s New Japan would have been interesting. That would have been an interesting multiverse rip, wouldn't it? Yeah. You mentioned there about um, Ramon being shit-canned for Mania. Mm. Uh, I don't know whether... You you have in your notes, so I will stop if you do. <laughs> um, some of the highlights from the Superstars tapings in Huntington on the 20th of February. With the tag title tournament. There's some tag title tournament stuff in there, but there's a few other bits as well. No, I'm, I must have called them all. Well, I was just, because there's this one bit that they taped on the 20th of February that Dave Meltzer says will never air. Yes, I did see that and I didn't put it in. I was only going to put it in because we talked about how like how yeah. the, the direction of the Ramon thing has changed. Yeah, yeah. But with all of that going on, um, they filmed a segment on Superstars taping in Huntington with Roddy Piper and Razor Ramon. Yes. And um, Ramon getting in Piper's face about like wanting a match with Goldus and Goldus is a disgrace. And it leads to Piper slapping Razor Ramon and eventually announcing that Razor Ramon and Goldus will have a fight at WrestleMania 12 on the streets of Miami. Yeah. Which obviously doesn't happen. No. But it was it. But that's a segment that they recorded that we'll probably never see. But it, it, might be some lost stuff. I mean, it might be a nice little lost footage thing for yeah. Andrew Hodkinson for his new series. Yeah. I might throw that his way. But uh, even twisting it as well, imagine if they would have went, all right, Mania, Piper versus Razor. Oh. <laughs> that is Goldust out in the cold. Yeah. Dust. Well, I mean, but Goldust could have defended the title against anyone, I suppose, if he if he still has the title called Mania. But... Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Or you could have done... Goldust Ramon with Piper as referee. Yeah. So sort of insert him in that sense. Yeah. Because then that kind of... Because I think they would have looked to have tied like a bow on the uh, Goldust Ramon story at Mania. Yeah, But true. obviously with Ramon handed his notice, Vince has got, well, you ain't getting a WrestleMania paycheck. Then stop that. Yeah. Hand your notice in after WrestleMania. <laughs> I, I wonder how the actual match would have played out because what what ends up happening at Mania, as we've well, mentioned they- many times, I've... I love it. Well, by virtue, by the fact that it was mentioned that it would be Ramon versus Goldust on the streets of Miami, yeah. I think we were going to get a cinematic match regardless. 
I feel like we're going to get our first ever uh, cinematic occasion. I just wonder if it would have been as insane because Piper is and was a very erratic character. Mm. So maybe yeah. I think it might have been. Uh, yeah, maybe they might have parked it just just all the same. Yeah. So Razor Ramon's leaving. Diesel might be leaving, but the Ultimate Warrior's coming back. Yay! He's uh, agreed to a contract to return as a regular, starting with a WrestleMania match against Hunter Hearst Helmsley. Yeah. yeah. According to Vince McMahon, he and Warrior agreed to a deal in which Warrior would work an unspecified amount of road dates, but not full-time, along with major shows. So it sounds kind of like a Brock Lesnar deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Vince said that after WrestleMania, he was planning on rotating the schedules of the top talent so that in most cases, not every major name would appear on the house show tours so that guys would have more time off. That's um, fair. Yeah. But, a bit more, but then you're lacking in top guys anyway. Top guys and, you know, someone will be taking a sabbatical after Mania. So... Oh, yeah. yeah. Jeez. So, it's another, another name down then, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Jeebus. If only there was some good hands in the mid card that they could build. Um, no! Because they're good hands in the mid card! Baron Von Raschke in the, the mid card! Baron Von Raschke! <laughs> we're, not, we're not building <laughs> Steve Austin. He's where he needs to be... Good hand in the mid card. The kids love the ringmaster. Kids love the ringmaster gimmick, but not enough to make him a main eventer. <laughs> they like him before the interval. <laughs> they like they like the ringmaster here, and they like the warrior here. They like the ringmaster, and then they want to go and buy a sausage. <laughs> sausage in a firm hand. <laughs> Don't worry, I've got you sorted, lads. Sausage King, I've opened a cart around the corner. So once you watch the Ringmaster match, come with Sausage King. But if you want Cumberland sausage, you'll have to go around the block, because that's where they are, because the different packaging is a bit coil. You have to ironically go in a circle around the block to oh. get to Cumberland Sausage King. It's just me in a different hat. <laughs> it's me in a curvier hat. <laughs> I'm next to Bun King. Oh. King Kong, Bun King, King. <laughs> King. (laughs) Vince McMahon was very upset at reports here and other places calling him a hypocrite for bringing the Ultimate Warrior back while taking shots at WCW about the steroid policy. Fair point, well made. Yeah. Apparently, Vince has said uh, he has no idea what what Warrior will look like in his tights and whether or not he's been taking steroids. But if he has, once he returns, he'll be under the same policy as everyone else. Uh, If he has been taking steroids, and that's if. In a few months, you'll be able to see the physical changes and you'll have to get off. This quote I thought was interesting. Vince said whether it was the Ultimate Warrior or Ahmed Johnson, what they were doing before they were under contract is not his business, but he'll be they'll be held to the same standards as 123Kid or anyone else once they start. Ahmed Johnson going, why are you mentioning me? He's just like, shut up. Hey, Ahmed Johnson, he's a, he's a beefy lad that's definitely not done a... Shut yeah. So it's McMahon going on again about the steroid policy, saying it's excellent, but not, you know, it's not foolproof. It's not so for everybody. Someone could be taking <laughs> a little bit of steroids and getting away with it. Who knows? Well, WCW, you yeah. can fuck off, <laughs> is what he said. That's very accurate to what he said. Uh, many in wrestling over the past week have joked about whether or not Diesel and Ramon will contract the dreaded SWGS, 
sudden weight gain syndrome. <laughs> weight gain syndrome <laughs> that others have contracted once leaving WWF for WCW. Oh, um, they become chunky boys. But it's, it's weird here. McMahon claimed we're hypocrites for not going harder after WCW as compared with coverage of the WWF steroid policy. It's almost like one of them went to trial. Mm. Um, Forgiven the Ultimate Warrior the nickname the Anabolic Warrior. With Vince saying, no, it was Hulk Hogan and superstar Billy Graham and other guys who were down there, Atlanta. They're the ones for, you know, steroids and that, you know, just Ultimate Warrior just kind of came along afterwards, but it's Billy Graham and Hulk Hogan's fault. Yeah, I don't know why. I, I don't know everyone else is doing steroids apart from me, who was tried for doing steroids. Oh, my neck. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Vince is such a carny. We'll never see the likes, his likes again. <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> so we've still got a lot more to cover here. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. I'm going nowhere. So a couple of, a couple of little quick hits and then a, a bit of weird news. So Jeff Jarrett's expected to be off WrestleMania because of his back. Uh, apparently some vertebrae problems appears to be serious. Been carrying the USWA for too long. <laughs> oh, he has. Oh. Don't worry, Brian Christopher. It's all up to you. <laughs> You've got this, brother. Um... We'll hear on Raw tonight, Vince going on about Vader versus Yoko. But already it's saying here in the Observer, the original scheduled match has been changed to a six-man tag, which we'll see play out on Raw. So I won't give it Yeah, away. they kind of get us They get us there without announcing they've got us there. But, but when they do it, Vince will say, oh, it'll be Razor versus, uh, Razor, Vader versus Yoko soon. Yeah, oh. they're still announcing that it's those two, but it just so happens that there's a couple of other players that could be chucked into the club if yeah. need be. Uh, tag team title tournament final, uh, which the best guess will be it'll be Body Donners versus the Godwins mm. in the pre-show. Uh, rumors are that the Body Donners were to beat the Guns at Mania. Oh, apparently, and saying that yeah, Nacho Man Huckster will also be on the pre-show for th- reasons we covered last week. Yeah, that way they don't get in bother. Uh, several wrestlers who weren't being booked have been pretty much let go. Among amongst them, uh, Mabel and Mo. The deal is apparently that even though WWF won't book them anymore and is for all real purposes dropping them, they're given conditional releases, which means they can work anywhere they want until their contract expires. Set WCW. WCW. Right. So, so this is where. So, because at this point there was some speculation, and there would be more, and it would get faster in years to come. That WCW made overtures to get Nelson Fraser in. Yes, there was. Rumors that he was going to be in the NWO, wasn't there? Yeah. Which, I mean, there's a time and place for Mabel, Vissera, <laughs> but NWO, not quite. So does this mean that we, we won't see Mabel again on the Classic War Review until, I think, 1998? Heading into the Rumble, I think. He pops up. and He pops up. Does he not pop up after oh, Shamrock wins King Shamrock. of the Ring? Yeah. And he's doing that this thing where he's like the, the, the King of Kings. Yeah. And he, I seem to remember he beats Mabel. He does, yeah. And then we see him again in 99 in the Rupture Rumble. And that's yeah. when he becomes, you know, everyone's favorite bin bag laden warrior viscera. Yeah. Great music. I, I, as a kid, it was like, it's crap. But me um, liking beats and stuff. Now I listen to it. It's like, that's amazing. That. You could rap over that. If, you know, obviously, he's, he's no longer with us, but he's made a comeback. He'd have a little rap track over that. His name's Mo. His name's not Joe. His name's Mo. His name's not Joe. We've got stars collide. We've got stars galore. We're going to see a show like never before. The mission is the title's end. We will win. But we all going to rock wrestle rid of your tail. <laughs> we're on a mission. <laughs> got one more match. This one's in the bag. Ten men in the ring for a ten-man tag. That didn't happen. <laughs> Thank you. That's uh, 
MC Tom Anderson. MC Tom Anderson <laughs> in the mix. Are you ready for some fucking insanity from Mexico? <laughs> Hang on. Get comfortable. My phone on airplane mode. Airplane mode. I am ready. Right. So we don't usually cover much from the world of Lucha we Libre. We don't know. We, we, we dabble because at this point, AAA were making a name for themselves. Conan is often said to have been like the biggest drawer in the world at this point. Uh, but we don't really cover it because I've, I've never really watched much of it. I've only seen the stuff when the AAA guys come into ECW and then eventually WCW. But the actual stuff, and a lot of it is lost footage as well, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So, February 25th, at a magazine awards dinner, wrestlers from AAA and Promel got into it, causing a major disturbance, and this was not an angle. The situation apparently started when Piroff Jr. of AAA, who was apparently already drunk by this time, Time. Tame. 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 By this time. Made a crack at El Signo of Promel, who has lost a lot of weight. So he said something to the effect of, oh, they don't even pay you enough money to buy food. Ha ha ha. This was after uh, a few minutes after Piroth had declared his loyalty to the much maligned AAA group, saying it was the best promotion in Mexico. So AAA's been getting a lot of heat with commissions in the media because they've gone down the FMW, ECW type wildness, cage matches, everyone pissing blood, chairs, tables, all that stuff, which is foreign to Mexico. So, and has resulted in two major fan riots over the last few oh, weeks, according to this. Geez. So as this argument between Senor and Piroff, it grew more heated in, as Melter puts, the dark Mexico City disco where the awards dinner was taking place. Sinio punched a statue of a palm tree, which flew and hit two women, one of whom suffered a broken nose, and the other, a female wrestler, La Serenita, was breathing profusely from the head. At this point, Conan, known for having a hot temper and seeing all the blood, claiming he thought it was Antonio Pena who was bleeding, got in Sinio's face. Sinio mouthed off to Conan about how he kicked his ass seven years ago in a dressing room brawl and would do it again. Threw a punch, which missed, and Conan threw one back, which didn't miss, and wound up either bruising or breaking his knuckle on Sinio's mouth. Before long, they dragged Conan out and began yelling at him and threatening him with a suspension in the Distrito Federal before this incident, and because they think he's destroying wrestling with this foreign th- style, and he's been ordered before a commission on February 27th. So Conan's just gone, dickhead, and <laughs> smacked someone in the <laughs> face. Um, Conan's been very verbose saying to the rest of the, the rest of the world laughs at the old Mexican style and used terms like dinosaurs to describe the retired wrestlers and the various commissions that have come down on all the chair throwing, ladder using, table breaking. So he's basically saying, we're, we're making Lucha Libre cool. We're making it important. We're making it vibrant. We're spreading it across the world. And you're just all old bastards clinging onto the... The good the old, old days. The good old days. So, uh, <laughs> right. Conan's been suspended from this Distrito Federal, which is where most of the television is taped, until further notice. Although the commission in the past attempted to suspend Octagon and Mascaro Sagrada and Peña and AAA, uh, they just simply ignored it, which explains a lot of the commission heat on AAA. So people are just they're saying, right, you fuckheads, you're banned. And they're just like, no, we're not. <laughs> um... Conan has been using someone called Janet in a Sherry Martel type heel role, which is again unheard of in Mexico City and has caused tons of heat. But like I'm saying, there's been riots in Acapulco. It hardly ended there. After he was removed from the ceremony, Sinio returned with some friends from the Mexican version of the FBI, which is ultra corrupt, where Sinio has worked in the past. 
Sinio and his friends got into a shouting match with Antonio Pena's bodyguards, a couple of mercenary hitmen type, and guns were pulled on both sides. And they had the dreaded Mexican standoff, as uh, Melter's put here. So wow. what started as an argument about someone's weight has got people with guns all over each other. Jeez. Fuerza Guerrero, the head of ProMel, had words with Peña later, and Peña was trying to be diplomatic and walked away until Fuerza said something about Peña's mother, and they had a pull-apart brawl, oh but no weapons God. were pulled. After about 50 minutes, everything settled down, and they actually continued the award ceremony <laughs> with Peña apologizing after receiving an award for the behavior of his wrestlers. Sorry about that. Yeah. Anyway, so, so they had guns out and all this, and then everything just calmed down, and they went, anyway, sorry about that. Yeah, so... Everything's kicking off with AAA in mm. Mexico. This came hot on the heels of an incident on February 18th in Acapulco, where AAA was apparently banned from the city forever, however long that is in wrestling terms. They did all the run-ins and table breaking, and the crowd rioted. This, uh, like they're saying, they were using this valet Janet to get heat, but um, she interferes a lot. And then Conan pile drives her, and obviously. Violence on women is apparently unheard of in Mexican wrestling, so this is causing riots, even though Conan's the face. Um, the local television was not covering an event. They talked about how horrible it was. When they interviewed fans live leaving the event to try to get them to say how horrible it was, they all said one after another how exciting they found the new wrestler and how it was dangerous, but they had fun at the show. Had a lovely time. There was another riot in January 20th. <laughs> Which Conan Damien Sikosis all suspended from the state of North California, which includes Tijuana, for three months. After paying off the right people, it wound up reduced to the three suspended from the city of Mexicali for one month. It occurred in a hair versus hair match with Cholo Garcia, who's a local favorite, and Damien. After numerous chair shots during the show and the match, all of a sudden about a half dozen or a dozen fans began throwing chair after chair at Damien and Psychosis. The scene was nuts. Psychosis went out there after the fans to batter them, but Conan pulled him away before he attacked anyone. Conan then got in the face of several fans, but they froze up. Security was non-existent while the chair throwing and mini riot was going on. Melter said he'd seen this incident on video and it appeared it wasn't any of the wrestlers' faults for inciting the fans, but obviously the amount of chair use and outside in a outside interference, which is all brand new to the Lucha scene. It's just causing riots and it's getting wild and Jeez. it's going to get dangerous and it's going to fuck something up. So uh, apologies for butchering names there, but wow. riots, guns at an award ceremony, people trying to fight Conan, Conan being like, I'll batter you. Yeah. Loco in Acapulco. If you stay too long. They did stay too long. <laughs> <laughs> the four tops entered the jet. That's incredible. Yeah. It's, it's, I, I never tire of hearing those stories where a wrestling angle plays out. Yeah. And people get like proper incensed by it. Like, pile driving a woman. Yeah. And uh, the crowd like exploding. Yeah. <laughs> like, you don't, you don't get that anymore. No. <laughs> Everyone's too well behaved. But you usually hear these stories from like the 70s where like was it Terry Funk who famously got back to his car and realized he'd been stabbed by a fan and stuff mm. like that. But this is 1996. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I I feel like we you read stuff like that and you go, you know what? Somebody somebody on Twitter called me a, a piece of shit, and at least they didn't stab me, yeah. <laughs> so I can I can kind of get over that. 
knowing that, you know, the, the alternative is going to my car and getting stabbed. But even like it says here that Twitter, someone calls you a piece of shit. But here, people are going, Conan, you're funny. And he's gone up to him and said, go on then, take a swing. And they've all gone, <laughs> oh, sorry, Conan, oh, sorry. you're massive. Sorry, Conan, you're not funny, really. Big funny work. But I, I love the, the fact that Conan's the biggest star in the country and he's walking around saying, you can all kiss me, dick. <laughs> I'm going to do whatever I want. I'm going to start riots. I'm going to call you all old farts. And what are you going to do? You're going to ban me. No, I'll bribe someone. I'll be back. <laughs> I'll be I'll, back. Don't I'll, you worry. I'll cause another riot. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, glorious, glorious times. So that is all wrestling wow. news. I tried to condense that as much as possible. But, but there's there's a lot. Yeah. There's a lot. So and I'm not surprised. I assume there'll be a lot more in weeks to come. Oh God, yeah. There's bound to be because it's, it's we're getting we're building to quite an intriguing time. Yes, we are in the world of the wrestling. And now from my phone, back off airplane mode in case the vet rings. Yes, <laughs> that was the bit of real world news that I didn't mention. Was the vet was meant to come and see Pablo yesterday, but because um, there were other more poorly cats, they said, "Look, we're really backed up today with with quite sick cats. Um, I don't suppose you'd be right to move yours." And I looked over at Pablo, who was just licking his own arsehole, and I went, oh, "He's fine. Yeah, we'll do it tomorrow." <laughs> <laughs> they said they'd call me before they got here. Good lad, pal. Um, he's not starting any riots in Mexico, though. Um, I did take... So I got a few notes from the uh, Superstars taping from T'other Day. Yes, because uh, there was... We'd mentioned last week there was going to be a tag title tournament with yeah. Razor Ramon in it, and obviously that's... Now, apparently that plays out. So I've seen on Cage Match. Yeah, yeah, so that plays out as it's meant to happen. So the tournament goes on through there. Um... Also, we from the Superstars taping, Vader actually misses this taping because of injuries that he suffered doing run-ins probably too early on the previous two days. Yes. So he got hurt doing that. Mm. Bless him. Because we were saying that's why he's wearing his cool jacket and jumpers and stuff because he's just come off surgery and he's not let it heal because he's a wrestler. You can kind of see why they're kind of going off the idea of Vader versus Yoko one-on-one. -on -one. one guy is pagged, the other guy is massive. <laughs> <laughs> to ask him for trouble. Um, we had an, a reason I want to mention is there was a couple of other things. Um, Justin Bradshaw... I get to match on superstars. He pins far two in 12 seconds. 12 so seconds. The difference has not been made. I think this is the end of far two. Oh. I don't know whether we see much of him going forward. I don't think he's factored in. That gimmick doesn't really stand up in 1996. I'd like make a difference far two. I like make a difference far two. In 1995, it kind of yeah. fitted with the, the, the zeitgeist. I don't think it does in 96, which is why Justin Hawk Bradshaw, uh, presumably with a lariat, just battered him in 12 seconds. Ooh, so. a bit of alternate reality, though. Imagine Make a Difference Fatu standing up to the Nation of Domination. Oh, that'd have been great. Yeah. Oh, that'd have been fun. Yeah. yeah. Well, we, we'll never get it. No. Um, Herman, the, <laughs> Herman the German has another run out. Hey. Uh, <laughs> he pins former Smoky Mountain star Killer Kyle. He gets a, he gets a win. Does Herman the German. Does Herman her versus Kyle. Yeah, does <laughs> Ulf Herman, Ulf Herman, Herman versus Kyle on Superstars. <laughs> Um, Shawn Michaels pins Shinobi with a super kick. Sweet shit music, basically. Mm. Uh, this is the last stand of Shinobi, I do believe, as it was Al Snow's character. Yeah. He has something else that he's working on in the form of Leaf Cassidy, which we'll touch on in a bit. Uh, after the match, Michaels also pinned Owen Hart and Jim Cornette. In, I think uh, whether this was a send the fans home happy type thing. Yeah. Then after the show, he flew straight from TV to Germany. Because WWF have just got themselves a brand new TV deal on DSF. 
uh, which is which which is groundbreaking because in Germany WCW Nitro was on DSF and now it's not because they've taken WWF instead. So they wanted to Ooh. make sure that they they had you know they had some good some good PR from WWF yeah. from from the German audience. So Shawn Michaels straight from TV on a plane to Germany to go and do PR in Germany. I wonder if Ulf Herman jumped on that as well. <laughs> Can you give us a lift back? <laughs> I like. Oh, and they have they have to sit next to each other and they don't quite have enough in common oh. for six hours. Oh, all that, all that makes me feel a bit sick. Yeah, <laughs> that makes me feel a bit sick. Sean pretends to be asleep. Cooks, <laughs> snore, snore, snore. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Let's go to Monday Night Raw. We kick off quick. It is Isaac Yankum, DDS, making his way out to the ring to the sound of drills. He is taking on Jake the Snake Roberts. It's my favorite theme of all time. Both his themes are so fucking good. We get footage of Jake Roberts dumping his snake on Jerry Lawler back at the Rumble. Not as loud a reaction for Roberts as the Rumble reaction. No. Uh, Jake hip tosses Yankum, takes control as Vince reflects on a tell all interview that Jake Roberts did on Superstars about beating his demons. Hmm. It'll play into something that Jake does down the road. Jake's snake is no longer called Damien. This is another, I don't know whether this is a new snake or a snake, uh, you know, in typical WWF style where they've taken an existing character and <laughs> renamed them and given them a new gimmick. Um, Jake's snake is now called Revelations. Revelations. Because he's found the Lord. Not as catchy, I'll be honest. No. Uh, Yankum takes control in the corner as Vince informs us that Goldust will be on the phone later with some pertinent comments concerning Rowdy Roddy Piper. Now, as we've discussed already, this is the start of the Ramon Goldust feud being transitioned into a Piper Goldust yes. feud. Yankum went for the DDS, but Jake held on to the ropes, which is always a nice counter. Follows up with a snap DDT. Probably gets the biggest pop of the match. He does get a big pop. Mm, and he gets the one, two, three. Lawler is jumpy in case the snake gets out. Vince is winding him up going, Whoa, there's 
the snake. Oh, not really, JR. Not really, Jerry. Roberts leaves with his bag over his shoulder. And that's that. It was an all right showing for Roberts. He's not in great. He's not in the best of Nick. No. But he's, you know, he's past his prime. But he, he's still over, isn't he? He's over. He's not as over as he was at the Rumble, but still over. No. You know, and I think at this point, WWF quite like having some of those legend characters knocking around still yeah. to tie them back to the good old days. Did you notice the weird thing when Isaac Yankum was coming out and it cut to Jerry and Vince and they talk about Jerry Law's teeth? And he flashes a smile and they put the sound effect of a ding and a little camera flash <laughs> off his tooth. It was really, really strange. They, they've been doing, they've done this a couple of times with characters on Raw. I think it was before you had joined the Classic War Review. This mm. is in the, the Justin Henry era, which is like the Attitude Era. Um, <laughs> the, the Justin Henry era where we had Doink the Clown and he'd do the whoopee cushion. Yeah. And they added in a <laughs> sound effect as he landed. <laughs> For oh. comedy value. And there was a point where I believe we had um, Johnny Polo on commentary and he had access to like a sound. Yeah, he did with like chainsaws and babies crying. So and... they had some fun doing that. We get another Ultimate Warrior vignette. Well, I say another one. It's the same one as last week, but this time young fans has, have been spliced in between the clips pleading with Roddy Piper to bring back the Ultimate Warrior. Please bring Warrior back. Please bring back the Ultimate Warrior. He hasn't done a steroid. <laughs> I miss the Ultimate Warrior. I remember being minus one watching him beat Hulk Hogan. <laughs> Otherwise, the same video as last week. Uh, Vince is hopeful that Warrior truly is coming back. Mate, you run the company. You should know. <laughs> you see, you, you know. Yeah. You should know, really. He's not only seen the book and sheet, he's written the he's book and sheet. He's written the book and sheet in his own pen and handwriting. Uh, from that, we see Bob Holly waiting in the ring. <laughs> I'm a fun car driver. What yeah. a, I want to win all the matches. If you ask me what I want to do, booking wise. Uh, that's, that's, a, that's a common story where they go, Bob, any creative ideas? Yeah, I'll beat everyone and win all the belts. Damn it. No, you'll be fast, Bob, and you'll drive a car. Fast, Bob. And you'll wear a red singlet. <laughs> it is Big Daddy Cool Diesel versus Bob Ollie. Uh, Big Daddy Cool versus Big Daddy Dead is official for WrestleMania 12. That's exciting. Yeah. Diesel and Undertaker at Mania 12. Big boys. Uh, <laughs> Diesel has a bum shoulder. Um... <laughs> explains the farting noises <laughs> coming from his neck. Um, Diesel has a bum shoulder, so says commentary, and this is something the Undertaker should be aware of. So they're playing up the fact that, um, that Diesel's walking injured. Yeah. Because he missed last week's house shows. He, he missed the house shows, yeah. So they're saying he injured his shoulder in your house, but he did work raw. Mm. He's still swinging the axe all right, but mm. he's a bit pissed off. Bob tries to get get this one done with some punches on the top rope. To get into this one, sorry, with some punches on the top rope, but Diesel throws him across the ring, just hoys him over. It's a lovely bump as well. It's a lovely bump. Diesel cautiously looks on the canvas throughout this match in case Undertaker bursts through like he did at Rage in the Cage. Did you hear the fan as well going, He's under the ring! <laughs> Is that when Diesel started looking? Ooh. I wonder if that's a little Maybe, play to the yeah. crowd. Um, no sign of him, so Big Daddy carries on beating up the racing car man. Bob's comeback starts when he counters a lariat with a knee, and eventually he knocks Diesel down with a clothesline. Does, yeah. Look at Bob getting offense on Kevin Nash. Got no reaction, though. No, crowd very ambivalent <laughs> the entire time. Uh, we go into the break and come back to see Diesel land a jackknife for the three. 
So like literally we come back from break as he's hitting the boot and the setup for the yeah. jackknife. One, two, three. And then he's cautiously looking around as he covers, thinking Undertaker's going to pop up at any point. Uh, and he wasn't wrong because as he's heading up the ramp post-match, the lights go out and the bell tolls. Lights come back on. Diesel's in the ring, but no Undertaker to be seen. Lights go out once more and Taker <laughs> appears on the Tron, telling Kev that he, the Undertaker, is the master of mind games. He tells Diesel he will see him on the dark side, which Vince and Jerry assume means WrestleMania. <laughs> um, what do we think of all of this? Uh, I put basic squash, crowd didn't care. <laughs> uh, post-match was a bit farty because they did the gong and the lights going out uh, what felt about 17 times. Yeah, they kind of just kept teasing it and, and looking about with it. They didn't have a clean gong, cheeky. Um, so when it would go dung and then go Ooh, and start playing the beginning of his music and they just had to cut it off so they didn't have the isolated sound. They didn't effect. have gong.wav. No. <laughs> they just had Undertaker music.wav. And Taker's promo sucked. I'll see you on the dark side. <laughs> oh, that means WrestleMania. <laughs> uh, but I've really loved how they built this feud. I've really enjoyed it. Yeah, so. I, I think they're I think they're a good match. Yeah. Undertaker and Diesel. I think it's you know D- Diesel playing this character. Like anybody can size up the Undertaker and yeah. get a decent match with him at WrestleMania. It'd be Kev at this point. And it, it, compared to some of the the, the oh. Yahoos Undertaker's faced at Mania. God, not naming Killers any names. Row. King Kong Bundy. King Kong Bundy. <laughs> but even if you fast forward a few years after you did the invasion and you had you know Rock Hogan and. Scott Hall versus Steve Austin. If he would have been, if they both would have been fit and healthy, Taker versus Nash would have been a marquee match for me. Yeah, you could have done that again if they were both like in the right place at the right time. But I think Kev was packaged by O2. Oh, was God, he? He was. Uh, your thoughts? I thought it was, I mean, I was surprised that Bob got as much as he did. Yeah. I don't want to see Bob Ollie clotheslining Kevin Nash <laughs> over, you know? I don't need to see that. I think I worry that quite a lot of times I watch Raw and the main criticism I come away from with matches is, well, that could have been shorter. That should have been a squash. Yeah. Should have battered him and been done. Like, maybe maybe I, maybe I don't see the bigger picture here. And I, But then I just think that, well, no. Like, if Diesel's about to face Undertaker, don't let Bob Ollie get in a glariot and knock him down, a clothesline and knock him yes. down, you know? Even Bob Holly's dropkick wasn't as clean as it usually is either. No. Best dropkick in the game, and it was like, ah. I'd have just had Diesel, like... Cut pretty, his head off with an axe. Cut his head off, <laughs> yeah. Sod it. Fuck off, Bob. I would have had maybe... You could have even had a nice finish where, where Bob Holly hits that dropkick. Yeah. And, like, stands up and goes, yeah, I did it. Come on, guys. But Diesel hasn't moved. <laughs> so D- or Bob goes to the dropkick and Diesel just sidesteps. Because as we all know, when you don't land the dropkick, it hurts. I've never understood that logic. I can only assume when it comes to the logic of why a dropkick hurts when you miss is that by landing your feet on something, it slows your momentum down. Right. So therefore, you you hit the ground at a, at a slower pace. Yes. I, I'm not. I'm. I'm trying to excuse the inexcusable here, yeah. <laughs> but it's it's one of those wrestling leaps, isn't it? Like an Irish whip that you just you just got to accept it. I love using Irish whip in a fight. I throw the guy and they just keep on running. Where am I going? I don't that'd even know. Be, that'd be how I get out of a fight. I just Irish whip, knowing there's no ropes there, so the guy would just keep running. <laughs> Done. You just run the other way, or do it near a lake, so he just starts running into the lake. <laughs> starts swimming. When he starts swimming, hang on a minute. What's going on? I was having a fight. I've lost the fight. Oh, damn it. He got me an Irish whip again. 
we get a promo for next week. We're getting Shawn Michaels versus the one, two, three kid. If, that'll be good. If given time, that'll be really well, yeah. Click rules, isn't it? So they'll make each other look good. Yeah. And Bret Hart versus Hunter Hearst Helmsley. Mm. I think whether we had a Bret Triple H thing ever. Not that I've seen. No, I don't think we did either. So that's intriguing. Uh Shinobi is in action. Hey. We saw him at Superstars. We'll see him here as well. Because when this came on, I was like, oh, Shinobi's back. And I was like, hang on. That wasn't Shinobi last time. That was Avatar. Yeah, this is his <laughs> other gimmick. <laughs> and uh, he's facing Ahmed Johnson, <laughs> who earlier in the day was honored by the city of Cleveland for his work on anti-gang violence, which I presume means going into like a gang of thugs and Ahmed just going, Shkura, go away, shoot, <laughs> shooting them all off. Make a difference, Fatu, crying Make in the distance. Make a difference, Ahmed. Oh, imagine that. Bursting into crime hangouts. They go, stop doing crime! Oh, crap, it's Ahmed. Johnson, lad. Shit, lad, it's Ahmed. He'll break our hips. Peg it. <laughs> it's Ahmed. He might try and hit us. <laughs> he might break our hips. So, Shinobi is also in a mask, coming out to the Orient Express theme, <laughs> as everybody from that side of the world does at this point. Ahmed is glistening. Oh, he is. He looks shiny. He looks like Vince McMahon might bring him up in a conversation about steroids accidentally. <laughs> he throws Shinobi almost immediately out of the ring. <laughs> uh, Goldust phones the commentary desk. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and as the match is going on, we'll duck back into the match in a second, but I have, I have written down the, the poem that Goldust gives us. So Goldust has prepared a, with Marlena a poem for the, uh, the, 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 the boss of WWF, the, the commissioner of the WWF, Rowdy Roddy Piper. And it goes as follows. They call you the hot rod, but what exactly does that mean? A towering inferno, but under that skirt, anything but lean. You preside over the World Wrestling Federation in a fashion so far gone. But all those sexy temper tantrums, oh, you turn me on. Mr. President Piper, you are so mean, so hard and so ripe. To you, I have but one request. When does Goldust get to play the bagpipe? I look forward to that invitation with much lust. Mr. Piper, you'll never forget the name of Goldust. Lol, 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 lol. I fancy you, lol, lol. Yes. That's the poem by Goldust. <laughs> I was taken aback by this because it's not proper Attitude Era yet. In the Attitude Era, anything goes. But this has gone from naught to 100 in terms of them just trying to push it right to the edge. Yeah, because they've had so much reaction from Goldust yeah. that they're keen to kind of just keep it going Yeah, and to an extent. There's a, a bit from The Observer, but I'll, I'll wait till we finish recapping the match. To... Oh, yeah. the, the, oh, it's a good bit as well. Ooh. The Ahmed Shinobi match basically sees Shinobi being thrown around in dramatic fashion. Shinobi attempts a springboard but slips on the top rope. Now, I feel like that was deliberate. Yeah. I don't think that was a, a, a flummox by Al Snow. I think that was that was designed to be, oh, crap at this. Yeah. Uh, and it leads to him eating a spine buster, careful, followed by the Pearl River plunge for three. I feel like watching Arn Anderson, Arn Anderson, watching Ahmed Johnson, because I said spine buster, my brain went, Bruh. I feel like watching Ahmed Johnson picking up people for that spine buster is is akin to that feeling when you're moving house 
and you're watching like the the moving men like lifting up like like a valuable painting yeah where you're just like oh come on, on. <laughs> like you you're sure they know what they're doing but in the pit of your stomach, you're like, oh, you don't know how important that is. Be careful. <laughs> or a toddler picking up a drink and you're like, oh, <laughs> oh, shit. I get that same feeling of concern as I do when I've got the window open and I watch Pablo jump onto the uh, the, 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 the side and, and look through the window. Yeah. That same feeling of today's the day where he's just going to go and top speed by. <laughs> Again, fucking <laughs> little dick. Um, thoughts on them? <laughs> I sound forgiving him. Thoughts on the match? I've just put basic squash. Nice to see Ahmed. We've not seen much of Ahmed recently. We haven't, no. Because no. um, at one point he was like really hot to trot. Yeah. He hit a bloody uh, Pearl, River, Pearl River plunge on. Oh no, he, no, he slammed Yokozuna. He did, yeah. Like, I was he like, was whoa, here we go. Nothing, yeah. Um, and we know that his, his push is going to continue mm. but yeah it, it just seems like age i was like oh Ahmed. i've not seen Ahmed for a while uh, that golder stuff though it was that was the talking point coming out of this wasn't it, it was a really good way to pivot from razor to piper though i thought yes um i wonder if this was already written and produced still thinking that you know both him and Razor are going to both get on Piper's nerves until he sanctions a match and then they thought oh fuck we could and they just went you know what let's just cut out razor yeah Carve him up, mm. and let's just make it Piper. So, uh, yeah, the uh, the Goldust stuff, like you said, it's been getting reactions. But a <laughs> according to the Observer, a gay rights group got a major story in the Stanford Advocate, critical of the Goldust character. They were mad at the message of portraying gay people as predatory homosexuals, as Goldust is portrayed as going after and threatening straight men and glorifying, whereas the WWF are glorifying the straight man beating Goldust up. Um, they apparently weren't happy about, remember the Razor Ramon backstage brawl where he just batters Where him. Razor Ramon was like was like antique shopping 100 miles away. Yeah. Heard Goldust go, fancy you, and then basically ran to the arena yeah. to beat him up. He's smashing him backstage <laughs> oh, with like shit. anything he can get his hands on. Uh, Glad, which is the Gay and Lesbian Alliance Against Defamation, claim they've had 50 to 100 people protest this to WWF and the WWF have yet to respond. Uh, Glad have claimed they will continue to protest until WWF turns Goldust into a character not offensive to gay people. The WWF in the article said they've received a lot of response to Goldust, mainly negative, but have no plans to change the portrayal of the character. Roger Hooverman, communications chairman of the Triangle Community Center in Norwalk, Norwalk? Uh, Connecticut, said the character teaches people things that create a homosexual panic. He said the message being sent is to beat up a gay man is fun and okay and to be applauded. WWF did release letters to fans who have complained saying the theme of Goldust is that he uses unorthodox elements to keep his competitors off track, confused, and even sometimes disgusted, and said as, as we push to the edge to create interest in the character. Fans like you, let us know when we have gone too far afield. Mm -hmm. The article also stated other gay and lesbian groups are planning letter-writing campaigns to WWF about the character. And seeing as where the Goldust character is going to go and the Attitude Era is going to go, WWF don't really care. They're not bothered. They're just going to push on regardless. To the point where, was it in the last year or so when WWF was saying, oh, we're going to properly and naturally integrate gay and lesbian characters into WWF television. And everyone just went... Oh, you mm. no. I wouldn't mm, trust them to no. even if they did. Yeah, no, no, not at all. So, uh, yeah, like I said, this the, the gold dust call took me aback only because the 
content of what he said was a bit a bit ripe for new generation WWF as we've been structured mm. to believe. Like we had a crybaby match the other week and now you've got Goldust on TV saying, I want to play your bagpipe. <laughs> yeah. So it was... They're kind lead. of between stations at the moment, aren't yeah. they? They're pushing towards it and Goldust is weirdly the lead... The, the the lead of that new direction. I fucking love Goldust. That's great. It's very That's cool. good stuff. Uh, we go from this to another guy who's going to be a big part of future plans for the WWF. We get another promo from Mankind. Mm. Now, this plays into something that we talked about last week. Yes. Which is quite handy. Were we talking about it? Was it on air or off air? We I'm sure we talked about it on air because I referenced to you in the office. You did, yes. This. Yeah. So basically, so we get another promo from Mankind. He's in another. He's still in this darkened shack, and uh, he says, "The most beautiful woman in the world." Every night, Mama used to wake me up late so her new friends could hear the beautiful music. She always understood me, but after the music died, she sent me away. But you understand me, don't you, George? You understand that mankind is in pain. Mankind is suffering. Mankind is in agony. The time has come to relieve that pain, which will be better for me, but not so enjoyable for all of you. Mommy, leave the light on. I'm coming home. And that's Mankind's promo. It's great. It's fucking great. It's good, isn't it? Oh! Nah. What, what a lovely rat as well. Ah, do you know whose rat it was? According to the Observer, the, the rat George in the interview uh, apparently is the trained pet rat of Jim Cornette's girlfriend. <laughs> yeah! Good show. I'm glad you discovered that as me. That made me really happy. Yeah. Now, Mankind, we were going to see sort of slow bubble yes. for uh, a few more weeks, but because of injury, it looks as if that's been... Uh, sped up a bit. Yeah. And uh, there's talk of putting Mick Foley on the house show loop as soon as this weekend because they're like, we're losing people. <laughs> yeah. Left, right, and center. But, uh, but what a great, what a great, how exciting yeah, to be on the precipice of this. Because we were talking about his exit music being piano music. Mm. And like you're saying here, his, uh, his gift. But it's just the, the little things, just how his mother would wake him up so her new friends could hear him play. And it's like, oh, is, is that suggesting that he's been abused by boyfriends of his mother? Or oh, it's, I think is it's just partying? Or? I wonder whether, like in my head, I picture it as like he comes from like a sort of like a posh aristocracy type family. Yeah. And he, but he's like the the ugly, twisted one. So they keep him locked away, but he's very good at the piano. So when they come home after like a night at the theater and they'll bring friends home and they go, ah, let me bring down Michael to play the music. For My, Michael, wake up! Michael, come down here! Play that song for us! Oh, Michael! Come down, mommy! And, and because he was so twisted and stuff, he, yeah. he interpreted this as like his mother's love for him and yeah. she loved him. When it, and then obviously something happened that meant he broke his fingers or his fingers got mangled so he couldn't play anymore. So she's like, ah, you're no good to me. Get away. That's how I see it. I saw it as you're an always sunny person, aren't you? I am. The Grim Christmas special where Charlie hates Father Christmas. Oh. Because his mum was always bringing back new friends who'd give him a little present. And then yeah. but his mother was a prostitute. I was seeing it kind of more. That's like that. nice. That mm. That's nice. That's a good shout. Compares it to that because he doesn't like. Yeah. Because. Yeah. But it could be. It could be both. I mean, it could be anything. They left it very know, ambiguous. Yeah. And how lovely that they had a character like that that allowed people to kind of yeah. fill in the blanks in their own way. And, and quite, I mean, it's it's not unlike what they're doing now with NXT. Like, I'm, like we watch stuff like this 
watching shows in this era. And I am drawing comparisons to NXT because we've got these wacky characters with these vignettes that sort of set the, the table for who they are. It's yeah. kind of what NXT is doing. They've kind of gone a bit back. You know, they've kind of gone to like a, an older playbook to go, here I am, here's my character, this is what I do. And everyone's got quite a unique little twist on who they are rather than just being wrestlers. Well, the the, the mafia lads killed someone last week. They, they did, didn't <laughs> so, they? Yeah. We had the debut of well, the first vignette for Axiom Yeah, on the one we've just watched. So you will have seen that last week because this is going out on Monday, the, the, the second Monday in July or whatever. Um <laughs> And uh, and that's and that's the whole thing of like uh, that's the one. Yeah, that's the thing. Like uh, basically, he's like, I'm a geek, but I learned to wrestle. <laughs> <laughs> Maths wrestling nerd, and they just do lots of things like that. And this kind of, I, and this is kind of what they do back at this point, yeah. where it's just like great, great vignettes to build new characters. We are flogging more T-shirts on the WWF hotline. Yeah, for cutting back to the Raw band. From here, we see tag team tournament highlights from superstars: British Bulldog and Owen Hart beating Barry Horowitz and Hakushi. Next week, it's the Godwins facing the New Rockers, Marty Jannetty and Shinobi, hey. aka Leaf Cassidy. It was a great primary picture of Leaf Cassidy as well because he looked gormless. <laughs> for our, our, our patron only. Listeners, viewers, it was just like, <laughs> you definitely know he made that noise as the photo. He's like, three, two, one, and say cheese. <laughs> <laughs> this is um, this is like a throwback gimmick, isn't it? Yeah, thing. I've never actually seen any of the new rockers. Have stuff. you not? No. It's not. You know what? I don't mind it. Yeah. I don't mind the new rockers. It's a shame for Marty Jannetty because it's just like Marty Jannetty. At no point does he play it with any trace of irony from what I recall he mm. just plays it like oh the rockers again <laughs> and uh, I feel like he could have put his tongue a bit firmer in his cheek on it yeah whereas Leaf Cassidy just kind of I think Leaf Cassidy plays it up a bit because the whole thing is it's meant to be a bit of a, a a bit of a joke I think it's meant to be a bit of a joke yeah because it is like a throwback because otherwise well you know of all the people why Leaf Cassidy it's yeah cause I with the crazy respect to Al Snow <laughs> oh of course Love Al Snow. But I uh, like, yeah, because it was Leaf Garrett and David Castley, isn't there? So it's meant to be the kind of 70s throwback. That's where the name comes from. But I just, I love <laughs> oblivious heels. Mm. In, in anything, like one of my favorite cartoon characters is Daffy Duck. <laughs> and in Space Jam, when he runs out, just going, thank you, thank you. <laughs> and it's just silence. <laughs> just, yeah, I love it. Someone thinks that they're absolute bees knees. They don't realize why they're getting booed. They're just like, oh, no, I'm great. Honky Tonk Man was very good for that. He was fantastic. Thank you very much, you're a beautiful audience. Yeah. Like, everyone's booing the shit out of the Yeah, it's brilliant. Uh, we have up next a summit for our WrestleMania main event. Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart are set to meet. Uh, Shawn Michaels out first. Jerry Lawler says his popularity is like the Beatles. Mm. Yeah, because everyone just loves him for being resilient and charismatic and flamboyant. I think Lawler did a great job as well because Vince is in the ring, so it's just Lawler going solo. And he's like, ah, oh, some people say that Sean's a great athlete and he's a great wrestler and he's good looking. I don't think that, but people, he's basically saying Sean is a great athlete. Yeah, he d yeah, he did. A and really he was kind of going through it, going, they say he's athletic. I mean, okay, I guess he's athletic. Yeah. And they say he's charismatic, and okay, I guess he's charismatic. And they call him flamboyant and a comeback here. I guess he's those things. But what have the Romans ever done for us? Yeah, like it's that. So, <laughs> and Jerry Jerry Lawler's quite hit and miss in this. Role when he's a heel trying to put over baby faces and I think he does it well here for sure yeah. whilst retaining his baby face clout his heel clout yes um, out comes Sean 
Out comes Brett. Vince is in the ring. Vince asks Sean if he thinks Brett is the best there ever is, the best there ever is, the best there ever was, and the best there ever will be. Sean says, there's not a person in this building that has more respect for Bret Hart than Shawn Michaels. <laughs> See you in 1997, lads. <laughs> <laughs> he is so funny. What a trickster. He agrees that Brett is the best there was and probably the best there ever will be. But he insists at this point in time, he, Shawn Michaels, is the best there is in 1996, which I thought was a nice line. Yeah. Um, Vince asks Brett how he sizes up Shawn Michaels. Brett says that Shawn is one of the greatest he's had the privilege of watching. <laughs> he says the last five months as champion have been the toughest of his life, but he's really looking forward to the opportunity to prove why he's the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. Brett tells Sean it's not his job to beat Sean. It's Sean's job to beat him. Brett promises that Sean is in for the biggest dogfight of his life, and Sean confirms by showing his abs that he's in the best condition of his life for, to take the match as long as it needs to go. Brett says he's like the Energizer Bunny. So they're both talking about, I can fight for ages. Well, I can fight for ages. I can beat you, got to beat me. Ah, I might beat you. Anyway, as they're talking about conditioning, here comes Rowdy Roddy Piper. He dismisses Vince McMahon. Piper is upset that people boo Bret Hart. And there was some boos for There Bret was Hart a few boos, yeah. Uh, I think because... Sean's so popular at this point. Yeah. And so Brett, by default, kind of becomes a bit of a heel. Idiots, because Brett's better. Yeah. Um. Um, <laughs> Piper says there's, there's something that everybody is missing. He says, March 31st is the night to fight. And if I'm WWF president, there's going to be a winner. No tight pulling, no DQs. You're talking about conditioning. Anybody can have a lucky night and catch a fall. So here's the way it's going to be in your match. It's not a one-fall match. It's a match where the man who can get the most falls on the other man will become the WWF champion. Sean asks how long of a match they're talking about, to which Piper, as Jerry, as Vince is sitting back down, Vince nearly talks over the key part of this match. He nearly does. Fucking Vince. Just about gets it in as, as Piper declares loud and proud with one finger in the air, one hour, no timeouts, no nothing. These two guys can perform, and I'm going to make them. Until then, boys, you might as well shake hands because you're going to hate each other after this. It's so true. Vince coins it, an Iron Man match. Mm. He says a 60-minute mi minute match, an Iron Man match, if you will. Sean and Brett shake hands. Brett goes to walk away. Sean keeps hold of the hand. So Brett comes back, and they have a little smile. Oh, you trickster. Mania main event set. Mm. There you go. Your thoughts on the the, the the summit and the announcement of the first ever Iron Man match. Great segment. Mm. I have said many times, I like it when wrestling's presented as a sport. And this didn't feel like, it was like, oh, I'm going to swat you. Ooh. <laughs> this was just like, you're good. I'm good. Let's find out who's, who's the best. May the best man win. It's going to be me. No, it's going to be me. It felt like it was this is a heavyweight fight vince saying like oh you're the two best athletes in company history and there was an argument to be made at that time that they were um yeah and it's, it's brett versus sean it feels different mm. like brett had said in the promo he's like oh i've been fighting lads who are 6 10 and 6 11 and 7 foot this is just right right here's the technical guy he's this high here's the charismatic high flying guy He's this high. Let's let's bounce him off each other. Get amongst it. And then Piper coming out and saying, 
no no lucky pinfalls in this match. You're going to yeah. get a decisive winner, and it's the most pinfalls in an hour. It feels big. It feels massive. Yeah, it feels really big. And it kind of gets WWF out of a bit of a hole because they're missing so many key people from WrestleMania this year. Oh, yeah. And, and you know, obviously a few people they're now having to put in tag matches, which we'll get to. They're like, well, this feels an hour of the show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we can put less matches on and it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have them wrestle for an hour of the show. So it actually, it serves a lot of masters. Yeah. Does this particular match more than you think. Um, we get a plug for the WWF Superstar line. What did you notice about this plug for the Superstar line? It had Lex Luger's music. It had Lex <laughs> Luger's WCW theme in it. The beedly bee, I was uh, intrigued by this. So I thought, is this like a WWE Network record re-recording? Mm. Is this what is? No, this is the music that they used at that time for this bit. Yeah. How were they allowed to do it? Well, uh, I went to Reddit looked into this and chances are that so basically when when a company wwf have done this wwf have done this when they bring somebody in if they're not entirely sure whether they're going to keep them what they're going to do they won't necessarily have music made for them yes. they will go into the stock archives and go we'll give you that for now and we'll see what you do down the road what inevitably happens is that stock music sticks and they go, well, that's just your music now. Great example. Look up a guy called Zach Tempest. Zach Tempest is a rock musician. Yes. And he has multiple albums of instrumental rock songs, which you'll recognize from wrestlers past, present, and future. Yeah. Including the song Slow Death, which is the Hollies theme tune. Yes, because years ago, and I've been looking for this on YouTube, the game Downfall. Mm. You know, the board game thing where it's a bit like Connect Four. Yeah. There was a TV advert for it in about 2000, which had the Hollies theme on it. And that's why. Yeah. And it was also featured in a porn, apparently. Oh, fantastic. Which is great. It mentioned <laughs> it in Power Slam one week. Yeah. Uh, the other bit of music you'll know is Loaded, which is the Hardys theme. Yeah. Which is why AEW were allowed to use the Hardy Boys theme. And WCW used it once as well. Did they? Yeah. Well, getting back to the Biddle. Because obviously, <laughs> back to the middle. We all love the middle. Let's of, all get back to the middle because of OSW. But I think <laughs> I think it's a good bit of music anyway. I like it. But I'm sure they were showing a, a WCW Wall Street, mm. and it was playing the Hardy Boys music in the background because it is just stock music. Or mm, yeah. that's interesting to know. But the stock music thing throws. It's funny that that comes up because I had a a D. I had a message on Instagram from Chris Hately. Thank you, Chris, if you listen to this. Um, who expresses utter confusion when uh, a a Warhammer group that he follows were advertising a video coming up, presumably about painting the figures, that used the Cultaholic News theme on it. And he went, that threw me off completely. Because, uh, true story, should you wish to use the Cultaholic News theme, uh, YouTube Audio Library, the song's called Far Away. <laughs> there's, there's tons of examples. There's... Um... One of the fast food restaurants at the moment has got a TV advert with the... Ah. I think it might be McDonald's using it, but a few months ago, Domino's were using it or Just Eat were using it. So you, you start hearing the same bits of stock music. I think it's around. maybe sometimes to draw those comparisons. I, th I, think in, I think deliberately here, yeah. it's to 
to draw those comparisons and you know almost just to go well we can play that if we want cause yeah it's stock music <laughs> yeah, fuck you less. get over it so uh, but it was plugging the superstar line uh, which is the same rate per minute as mean jeans hotline yes. i did get a little com- comparison uh topics on the superstar line include our goldust and roddy piper an item <laughs> that's uh that's they were talking about on the superstar line, yeah so. they were leaning into that weren't they they really yeah. really were uh, but you can you can pay one dollar 49 a minute to find out no no they're not <laughs> uh. main event o'clock <laughs> uh well the in-ring main event at least it's a handicap match it is yokozuna facing owen hart and everybody's favorite food-based entrepreneur the british bulldog <laughs> currently rushing back from Cumberland Sausage King <laughs> in time to, to team with Owen and represent Camp Cornette. <laughs> Cornetto King! Oh, oh Cornetto King! <laughs> what I love Cornette. Mine's fit. I like the mint one. <laughs> oh, I, uh, t- <laughs> see, the thing is, I wish to make a plain one. The two one with nuts on it, but I don't like nuts, oh. so I've got to take off the nuts. But luckily, I can sell them <laughs> later in Nut King. <laughs> Cut backstage to where Bulldog's picking the nuts out of a cornet. Oh, I've missed one. Oh, oh bastard. Oh, it's going to get stuck in my teeth. That. Oh, my lovely teeth. <laughs> my lovely teeth. Do me head in that, Will. Yoko uh, facing Owen and Bulldog. Yoko really starts strong. He's throwing oh, Owen and Bulldog around like nothing. And Owen miss our dropkick turns the tide, though. We see Owen miss a splash from the top or a diving headbutt. Mm. Could have been either. Yeah. Giving Yoko time to recover from a two-on-one, but then here comes Vader making his second run-in appearance that he's injured himself on. Uh, Cornet tries to send Vader back, but to no avail. He leaps into the ring and clotheslines Yoko to the floor. Uh, clotheslines, clotheslines Yoko with incredible strength. Uh, Yoko, uh, so the match is thrown out at this point because Vader's twatted Yoko. It's pretty proper. Gives him the business, doesn't he? I wonder he gets. He's got. He's, He's fucking recovering from surgery. And he's walloping Yokozuna. He's got a reputation. He's got to upheld. He's up. Uh, Yoko gets a three-on-one pummeling until Ahmed Johnson makes his way to the ring to make the save, along with Jake the Snake Roberts. Slither noise. Slither, slither, slither. No rhyme or reason. He hasn't had any issues with Camp Cornet. Just decides to go out and help. Jake gets the snake out. Vader is frightened of snakes. Of course he is. I can't stand snakes. Vince is still pushing Vader versus Yoko one-on-one at WrestleMania, but Mm. uh, the appearance of Ahmed and Jake to flank Yokozuna kind of gives them an out. And there was a good reaction for it. I Mm. felt the crowd were actually quite hot for the idea of Vader versus Ahmed. Because when those two were squaring up, everyone was like, ooh, yes. big boys. <laughs> um, and when Vader was coming down to the ring, he got a big reaction again because he was like, oh, fucking Vader, he's going to batter someone. So mm. uh, a decent showing for Yoko, maybe a bit too strong. Yeah, against Owen and Bulldog. He's yeah. battering them with ease. Um, but yeah, again, it's setting things nicely for Mania and it got a good reaction. That's all you can ask for at the end yeah, of the day. Yeah, it's, give, it's given them the chance to make this into something more than just a one-on-one because thank God they need it. Oh, Yo- Yoko is looking strong, but he is the fattest he's ever been. Yeah. Like he, like he looks like he struggles through the basics and Vader is very injured. Yeah. So let's... Let's have these two. Let's let's not give these two a one-on-one affair because it could end terribly. Yeah, Jesus. yeah, definitely. 
We come to our main event of the night, and it's a Billionaire Ted segment. Uh, we had Larry Fling live last week with our Billionaire Ted. Uh, this week, Larry <laughs> Fling live is with his guests, the Nacho Man and the Huckster. <laughs> Fling introduces the stars from a previous generation as a toilet flush sound effect plays. <laughs> As they look, they focus on Huckster and Nacho doing their poses. <laughs> Fling asks why Nacho and Huckster left the WWF, and they said they were too old. They both admit they feel old. <clears throat> Fling, last, Fling, Fling asks how long they're going to carry on this charade. <laughs> Huckster says he's immortal. <laughs> Billionaire Ted calls in via satellite. And Larry Fling says, I can't tell who's older, me or these geezers. But if you overpay me like these two has-beens, I'll put on a pair of yellow tights and dance around the <laughs> ring. Huxer gets offended, holds up a steel chair. Fling prepares to swing what I think I thought at first was an ashtray, but I think it's the stiletto it's sh the shoe. Yeah. <laughs> playing on the fact that Hogan had a shoe thrown at him <laughs> last week. Ted appeals for calm, telling Huckster not to overexert himself. Uh, and when they calm down, Nacho uh, tells Larry Fling that Ted promised him that he would win in their match at WrestleMania. Huckster says he has to win for all the Huckster maniacs who buy my merchandise. Savage informs him they hand it out for free at shows. That's the truth, brother. Huckster says, stop calling me brother, brother. Huckster goes wild with a steel chair, taking out runners, stops as Larry Fling brandishes a red stiletto as we sign off with, like, unconscious bodies around the table and, like, a... And like, like a Guns at 10 paces with Fling holding a stiletto and Hogan holding a steel chair. This was quite funny. <laughs> I've put more pure aisle and far less witty than the others, but it was still funny. <laughs> it was still funny. They just went completely off the deep end, like you're saying, like, oh, how are you feeling, Hogan? He's like, oh, I feel old and <laughs> I feel bald. And like, my own shit and my bum smells and I'm crap. Macho's like, oh, I feel old and bald as well. And there's fart noises going off, <laughs> toilets flushing. I, I like the, the, the line where um, Larry says, oh, how's Liz doing? And the, both Huckster and Nacho go, oh, she's fine. And then look at each other. Oh, I missed that bit. Yeah, that's ace. They both look at each other. And then the fart noise and flushes go off. <laughs> it, was, it was just daft, but it was like... <laughs> It, it, it was like crap running Stimpy, and I was, <laughs> I was really into it. <laughs> and it's one of those where I like to f feel, you know, I like to think I'm a sophisticated man of the world, and yeah. I'm sitting here watching a Hulk Hogan impersonation farting and hitting people weakly with a chair, and I'm sitting there going... <laughs> <laughs> we pretend to be sophisticated people, but we all laugh no. at a fart gag. <laughs> doyles, aren't we? We are just yeah. doyles. Uh, and that's how we... That's That's raw. Just a few weeks away from WrestleMania. Yeah. Going off with Larry Fling Live. Uh, your thoughts on this week's shoe? This is a really, really good episode. Yeah. Every, every, they've gone into full speed ahead for Mania. Everything's building well. Uh, Diesel and Taker still building nicely. Good build for the Iron Man match. The Yoko stuff at the end was great. Ahmed Johnson's back. You got Jake. You got the Mankind stuff. You got Goldust wanting to, I don't know, suck Roddy Piper off. It's all fantastic. <laughs> it's all really good. Um, 
Yeah, even though I've seen this WrestleMania, I'm excited for it as if I haven't seen this oh. WrestleMania. So it's it's making me go, oh, I can't wait to watch that. I'm down for this. Uh, your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, there was lots in there to enjoy. Again, I think there's little little touches they chucked in. I enjoyed uh, how nervous I felt watching Ahmed Johnson fight Shinobi. Yeah. Uh, I think I enjoy these shows. I thought the Shawn Michaels Bret Hart Summit, I thought was excellent. That was fantastic. I thought a yeah. really lovely way to get to get us get the motors running for that one. I'm enjoying these shows more. Um, with the addition of the backstage stuff. Now, at this point, I wasn't really watching wrestling. I was a lapsed fan at this point, which is why I, you know, this show is so much fun to do because I'm yeah. going back and watching wrestling I've never watched before, like week to week. I know kind of the, the bare bones of what happens. We both do. But we never watched it week to week before, so we don't see how it progresses. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, knowing what's going on behind the scenes I think it's fascinating because you because otherwise you'd be going like Razor Ramon is such a prominent guy and now he's just not there. What's going on? Yeah. Without knowing all this behind the scenes stuff, you realize what what disarray there potentially is down the line. You know that the roster's pretty pretty buggered, which is why we've probably one of the main reasons why we've got a sixty minute match between two of the best ones on the show. You know, let's keep them. Let's let's have them fill up a third of WrestleMania. Um, but I'm enjoying it more knowing all that stuff. Mm. And uh, I'm quite pumped for WrestleMania 12. It's yeah. not the best mania, but I'm enjoying the way that we're getting there. It's got some highlights. I think we're going to have to get Aiden at least at least for the Iron Man match. Yeah, if we can squirrel him away for... We can squirrel him away hour. for an hour. I think we need to get Aiden in for the Iron Man match. Aiden Gibbons, the cultaholic.com editor and tribal editor-in-chief. Yeah. Um, to come and do that one. Um, we are back next week. Uh, what are you working on this week? So you still, last time we spoke, you were working on the, the countdown of every <laughs> manager ranked from worst to best. That's that's me in perpetuity now. Yeah. yeah it's your life now, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so You're working from home for a couple of weeks. Yes. So we when we do this next time, it'll be via Zoom. It'll be via Zoom. So don't panic if you see a Zoom. There's, we're not going back to that permanently. Just while Jackins is working from home, we're all fine. Yeah, yeah the trains the trains are off from Tynemouth to to here, basically. And, you know, I could get the bus, but it'd take far too long. Mm. And it's like, it's easier for work from home. Yeah. We'll have to try and do, because um, if I do one from home as well, mm. we'll have to try and do like a Poppy Louis Pablo summit. Oh, God. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. Would they go wild? <laughs> No, Louis would just be like, oh, I mean, Pablo end up sitting on the laptop anyway. Yeah. And just, it'd be interesting. Like, every single time he's met another cat or his reflection, it's been very, fuck off. Oh, wow. What's weird is <laughs> Poppy knows her reflection. She'll just sit there looking at herself in the mirror, just like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Who's this sexy beast? Yeah. yeah. Who's this sexy thing? Uh, we'll, have to, we'll have to see how many more roars there are before Mania then? I think we've maybe got another three. Oh, we should be all right. Ah, we're fine. No, yeah. no, no. Because, no. because, you know, you'll you'll have another, we'll have probably two episodes via Zoom. Yes. A bit of live admin. Um, ladmin, if you this, will. This is how we do it, yeah. Yeah. You'll probably, I think we'll probably have two episodes via Zoom. Yes. And then you're back in the office then. Yeah, I'll be back. So that should be in time for Mania. So it'll be, yeah. fine. It'll be fine. You'll be fine. You'll, we've done it before on Zoom and it'll be fine. You won't know, you'll barely notice a difference. <laughs> Except if you're watching on the Patreon, you might get a you might get the first ever meeting of Louis, Poppy, and Pablo, and you can see the uh, conditions in which I live my life. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be oh. exciting. You can just just please don't tell anyone how I live. Oof. Just you know, all you have to do is just clean the bit that the camera's facing. Yes, and like if I ever pan the camera in my spare room slightly to the right or slightly to the left, then the 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 the, the veneer falls. See, I'm I'm meticulously tidy, but my office because 
I'm not using the full time at the moment is also a bit of a junk room. Right. So my little bit is very tidy, but then there's just like clothes drying and <laughs> cardboard boxes. And it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Carnage everywhere else. Yeah. We'll look forward to that next time we're back together. Uh, what are you working on? Uh, this week, you'll have another brand new Desert Island Graps. Uh, I'll be chatting with Artemis, who is a former... Uh, she resides in France. She's a former NXT UK referee. And I'm intrigued to find out more about the NXT UK system. So we'll be chatting with Artemis this week on the Classic Raw review. We'll have a Classic Nitro review later in the week as well. Uh, the SmackDown review should return as well. Matthew, bless his little cotton socks, uh, has been poorly with the COVID. So we've missed him for a couple of weeks. I don't want him as cool. Yeah. You, <laughs> I'm, I'm wondering whether you, whether you brought it in. No, it's far, far after. Whitley Bay Caravan Park, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah. I think there was like three, four weeks removed from it, yeah. Oh, that's fine, then we'll let you off then. But so, uh, SmackDown review returning soon, so in the meantime, <laughs> until we're all next back together, this trendy man over here is is Brad Atkins on Twitter. I'm at Tom Campbell on Twitter. Together, we're at Goldholic on Twitter. Don't forget to join us. Mommy, leave the light on. I'm covered Love you, bye. disturbing ending that's one i quite like it sometimes it's nice to freak people the fuck out hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain i learned this the hard way after losing my cat gingy so i created pretty litter a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors saving you money and potentially your cat's life pretty litter is veterinary and developed and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. 